0: You're listening to Essay Talk, San Antonio's favorite podcast for local events, topics, and discussions involving the Alamo City. I'm your host and favorite retirement advisor, Zachary Espediqueta. Today's Friday, July 2nd. We're officially in the second half of the year. Can you believe it? I feel like New Year's was just the other day. You know, 2021 was this whole new year that we were starting after a rough 2020. Um, It felt weird for a while, but here we are in the second half of 2021. And I have to say, a lot's changed. You know, at the beginning of the year, we still were a little uncertain as to how the pandemic was going to wind down, what vaccinations were going to look like, if people were still going to be wearing masks, the majority of people still wearing masks, um, and, and really what the world was going to feel like, what it was going to be like to be out in public. You know, Fiesta had already been moved to June, and we still thought maybe Fiesta would be an event that might get canceled or just might look a ton different. And it did. It You know, Fiesta did Feel a little different. But I have to say, it it was more successful than I think what a lot of people thought. I know in the last episode, I was talking about how I was going to go to NIOSA and kind of talk about my experience going to NIOSA with the new protocols. And I have to say, it it was pretty cool for one to have the digital wristband. It made things a lot easier for any of those who would regularly go to NIOSA. I don't know if you share this annoyance with me, but it was always annoying to have those little red tickets. And I had to break off a few to buy a beer here, or to buy a gordita here, or some tacos, and uh, and to buy another beer, and then you had to break off tickets. And you just have all these little streams of tickets um, in, in different pockets, and they're all broken apart. You would lose some. It was just annoying, you know, and, and to have a digital wristband that you could wear like a watch, like a regular wristband, that they would just put the device up to, it made things a lot smoother, I- in my opinion. And I think they had enough booths around the La Villita to make sure that the lines weren't crazy long. And in terms of the amount of people going to Niosa, there was a ton. In fact, I took a picture and I posted on the Podcast Network Twitter, you could see the amount of people that were at the event. It felt like a regular Niosa. Like, it felt like we were not... Winding down a pandemic or coming out of a pandemic. It really didn't. And again, it goes to show you just how much of a stark difference it is now compared to when we began the year. And we we're still trying to navigate what it was going to look like after a really rough, unprecedented 2020. So this week on SA Talk, I have the great Cleto Rodriguez joining me on the podcast to talk about what he's been up to where he's been, if you kind of get that reference, and what his career's been like up to this point. I have a lot of questions for him, and you'll get to see that. Um, Before we get to the interview, I do want to remind the listeners, you can keep up with the podcast and our other series, which is Searching for San Antonio, by following us on social media. We're on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, all the usual suspects. So you can find us at Network. that's S-A-P-O-D network, essay pod network. If you love listening to the content and want to support the podcast, by the way, I'd really appreciate that. You can visit the link in bio in any of the social media platforms we have and press the support monthly button. You can set up monthly donations from 99 cents, which is not a lot all the way up to $9.99. So I really appreciate it. If you did, uh, like I said, this week I have Cleto Rodriguez joining me on essay talk. Not only is Cleto a San Antonio native, he's a famous comedian and for years was a guy on the street quote unquote. And you'll hear him call himself that. Uh, for the local Fox 29 morning show, he would show up on location to different places around town and tell the audience about the place, the people who are there, maybe the employees, the owners, um, the interesting stories, or maybe some kind of event that was going on on location there. It, it's a fun, it was a fun show to watch. It was called Where's Coletto? Um, Those of you who would watch it, you probably got connected to him. You just became part of the family and he felt that. I know for m- me and my girlfriend, Amanda, it was always fun to wake up in the mornings and watch the Where's Kleto segment or we're getting ready for our day and just kind of say, hey, you know, Kleto's here. I've been there. Or, hey, we should go try this place out. That- that's usually what reaction was given after watching Where's Kleto. And when I say he has experience, I mean, I really mean it his resume proves that he's worked with the likes of George Lopez, which everyone knows Wayne Brady, Gabriel Iglesias or fluffy, as you might know him, Carlos Mencius, Daniel Tosh, and many others. And you can check it out on his website. Um, he's been doing it since 1995. It's almost 30 years ago. Um, he also does corporate events and he speaks to congregations at different churches. You'll learn how important his faith is to him and how that changed his career over time after he married his wife. And um, I'm really glad I was able to get Kleto on the show. Honestly, I have to credit Amanda for this one just because I, I didn't think I could get him on the podcast. And, you know, one time we were on the phone, I think she was on lunch and I, I was picking up something for lunch. And I was like, you know, I wonder what Kletto's up to. Like, I wonder if I can get him on the podcast. And she was just like, Ask him, like, why don't you just ask? And and I better respond. And so that's what I did. And so, you know, um, surprisingly, he answered pretty quickly on Twitter and, and we were able to book it. So that was awesome. Uh, but with that said, I didn't want to make y'all wait any longer. So here's my conversation with Cleto Rodriguez. So, Cleto, thank you for joining me on the show. I appreciate you coming on.
1: Absolutely. Thanks for having me.
0: I think a lot of us who've been watching you in, in the mornings, you know, are kind of wondering. You know where you been? <laughs> yeah,
1: unemployed, pretty much is uh, where I've been. Uh, I know that I know the answer to that question. Where's Bethel? Definitely unemployed. It's like, uh, uh, yeah. Now they had some uh, some some uh, budget cuts earlier uh, about a few months back due to COVID, and uh, you know, it was a matter of time. You know, and, and I think going on nine years is kind of. Uh, I think I was pretty much done there, and uh, gives me an t- opportunity and a chance to venture out on some of the stuff I've been putting on the back burner, like my podcast and uh, a new TV show I'm working on. And uh, not only that, but my stand-up that's been going really well, too.
0: Have you been able to kind of sleep in a little bit?
1: Yes, that is one thing I have been doing. Well, it depends. My wife, you know, I'm not waking up at five in the morning, but I am waking up at eight. I don't know how much three hours after that. It's kind (laughs) of like it can make a difference. Well, not when you go to bed at one or two. <laughs> it's like, <you're> like uh, <laughs> hold on a minute. You know, it's kind of like I remember when I first got with the news. I, I asked the my, um, during the interview, I asked my boss. I said, "So, what time would I have to be at the station?" And he said, "Uh, yeah, you have to be there like about uh four four I said, "That's great. I'll drop my kids off from school." And he goes, "No, no, 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 in the morning." I go, "In the morning." I said, "You know, you're gonna hear I was a comedian. I'm starting my second my second dream at four in the morning." i'm like i'm like are you kidding me and sure enough they gave me an audition you know for like three months and uh wind up being that uh it was just like waking up early for a flight to go out of town so it's not too bad now
0: does everyone have to kind of wake up at at that early time because i I always wonder i know i mean because it would start what around six matter of
1: fact they have to wake up at one or two to be really actually some of them have to wake be there at the stage like the producers like at one or two o'clock in the oh morning. Oh my gosh. And the anchors, I think, get there around two, if not three o'clock. I was a late bird. I was the one I got, you know, and then I drove straight to the location for the most part. right?
0: Cause you, you usually had to be like at a, at a location. Right. right. And then they'd go to you. And you know, I was wondering that because I actually saw this past Friday, I saw Ernie, oh, I was Ernie there, and Tammy yeah. at the, uh at the crowning celebration there uh kind of by the lilo cockerel theater and i was wondering because it was getting around midnight and i'm just thinking i'm telling my girlfriend i'm like he has got to be tired like i know this guy wakes up super early during the week and he probably had to wake up this morning really early and then he's out till midnight i was like the guy's got to be sleepy
1: (laughs) naps were like is like gold to the anchors and reporters that go in the morning i mean naps are vital to their existence, pretty much, because you don't get a nap in, man, that'll ruin your whole week because you'll be like, you'll sleep in on Saturday, you know, for not taking a nap and you'll feel it. You feel like something's wrong with you. Like, uh is there like another body going on? What's going on? What's, what's <laughs> happening here? And I mean, it would mess me up. I don't know how those guys, you know, it, but it would mess me up if I missed my nap. I mean, I just like, you know, my house could be on fire. I'm like, I don't care. I'm sleeping. <laughs> but uh, it's, it's kind of rough.
0: Now, so for some of the listeners who may not know, I'd be surprised. They should know who you are. But for some of the listeners who don't know, kind of explain a little bit about yourself. Uh, I know you were born and raised here in San Antonio. But sure. you know, kind of explain what you've done in your career.
1: Well, I've been doing stand-up comedy for about 23 years now and uh, going on 24. That, that was pretty much what I'd done for the most part of uh, my life until about nine years ago when I got... I had Actually, it was 10 years ago, I had a uh, sitcom that was produced by Ceballos Brothers who produced some stuff for Nickelodeon and uh, had me partnered up with Eva Longoria, who was my producer at the time. And, uh, you know, we were kind of uh, doing this segment, uh, this sitcom called uh, The Cleto Show. And it was about a guy who has his own dream of having his own late night talk show in his hometown of San Antonio well but the thing is he had no experience or any money, so it was all grassroots and We go to different restaurants and ask if we could put on the show and We had a couch, we had a desk like the Tonight Show and like Fallon and all them and and uh, it was it was it was a good little concept, except you can only interview so many council people and weathermen, you know, <laughs> so you know we had shown that struggle and it did really well here in San Antonio, but because of the fact it was so local, we couldn't go national with it. And uh, that was kind of the drawback there. But other than that, I mean, it was a great show. We had great people working on it, great cast. So what happened was they had sent me to the different talk shows like Great Day SA and San Antonio Living. They didn't have daytime at nine at the time. I wound up going to a great, time, a great Day SA. and Pushed it there, and then I wind up going to San Antonio Living, and I was making Shelly Miles, the host of San Antonio Living, laugh for about three minutes on just my name alone, just different jokes coming out, and she just could not stop laughing. It was so funny that their ratings went up, like the next day, <laughs> and uh, she was like, "Hey, you wanted to come back and be a regular?" And I'm like, "It uh, sounds pretty cool, you know." And so I wind up uh, doing that, being a regular, but they had, they were trying to groom me to be a a co-host, but I couldn't read a teleprompter to save my life. And they were just like, uh, yeah, that's not gonna work out. Like, and I told him, I said, Look, I don't wanna be the co-host, I want to be the guy, man on the street. You know, he's just I'll be that guy. So I did that for a little bit and came up with some skits and would do skits with with Shelly. And man, it was such a blast until one day my boss had come back from a gig in uh, uh, Utah and was talking about. You know, this guy, Big Buddha, he was a Samoan guy doing the Man on the Street piece. And next thing you know, it, he wanted to bring that to San Antonio. And he looked at me and asked my producer at the time for a living, you know, hey, can this guy pull it off? And he said, Well, pretty much everyone knows him from a stand up here in San Antonio. And, and he had a sitcom for a little bit, you know. And so, yeah, I think you do it really well. And next thing you know, it, you know, nine years later, here I was, a man on the street doing my own little segment which I thought was a demotion, to be honest with you. And I didn't know having my own segment was a big deal. Uh, <laughs> and I was like, okay. And I mean, I had like, you know, other reporters and everybody in the beginning, like who's this clown, you know, he's got his own, you know, segment and I don't, you know, what's going on. And I didn't, I didn't know anything about news. I didn't know anything about, all I knew is that they were smarter than me. I could tell you that. That was pretty much, <laughs> and I did not, I never, ever said that I was a reporter I always said to people the reporters earned that spot you know they went to school and they did all that I would never take that away I put myself in the same position as they are but for what me would you just, call yourself a comedian I call myself a, a man on the street guy that was it. <laughs> <laughs> I it my own thing I'm like yeah man I'm the street guy I'm humor piece you know a fluff piece I knew I knew what I was I wasn't trying to you know, pretend to be something that I wasn't. And my biggest fear, I kid you not, Zach, my biggest fear was being out and about in the middle of like a robbery or a gun something. <laughs> and there's like, Oh, well, we got no report. The closest reporter we got is Cleto. Uh, yeah. You know what? You're going to get me under a car and say <laughs> they're shooting. I can't, I don't know what they're doing. They're shooting. That's all I hear. I'm not going to put no camera guy out there. <laughs> That was my biggest fear. Like, no, I don't want to be there. I was like, no, don't let me be the one to report because I'll be like, hey, it's getting pretty bad here. Y'all might want to get me out of here. You
0: know? <laughs> well, I'm sure you got to meet a lot of great people, though, being out there like that in the community. I mean...
1: You know, I, I, I did.
0: I, I know because, you know, my, my girlfriend and I, we, we usually watch uh, the morning show at and, and Fox 29. And of course, that's how... I mean, she knew you for years. I would watch you in the morning and... And I mean, we always look forward to it because we'd see like where where you're at and what business establishment are you at? What are you doing? Who are you talking to? And and it kind of relates to, you know, the mission of this podcast, which is to kind of amplify the voices around San Antonio, whether it be a restaurant, bar, an organization, you know, a group of people that are just, you know, pushing for something. Um, I, I love what I do. I love doing that on this podcast and meeting some amazing people that people just don't know about sometimes. Yeah. you know, and you got to do that. You know, what what are some, some of the cool places or people that you met along the way?
1: It, it depends so much on the different kinds of folks you run into because, I mean, you got your local celebrities that you met that become really good friends. And um, one of those people is uh, April and Sarah for me. Like I met her doing a uh, Salvation Army kettle drive. Uh, it was a parade of kettles and you had to decorate your kettle and stuff. And You know i hit i mean i met her there and uh, actually you know what i met her there and we hit it off really well and then we wind up being in the same they they call you to do stuff like for charity you know and we did this like dances with the stars for like family endeavors well she was a a dancer and i was a dancer and we're both contestants and we just hit it off like like nothing just her and i she's very funny i don't know if you ever met her but you need to have her on here because she's hilarious she's so funny you know you you meet like the mayor you know the you know him and uh uh what's his name the brother castro castro yeah you know when i met him when he was mayor here and that that was really cool and then for me i think when i met david Robinson, that was pretty cool i don't know (laughs) if you knew me or not but i didn't care because he was like my favorite guy and then i met the one person that really kind of got was cool that knew who I was was George Gervin. That was pretty cool. I mean, for me, you know, I was like, man, that's neat. And then, uh, so just along the way meeting folks, you know, you kind of, I think the most interesting people that I met were the community because they didn't like you at first because they didn't know what to make of you. I mean, when I first got on the scene, I had, I didn't know what trolls were, but I found out <laughs> really fast you know, I came from the world. Of, what do you wow, mean? They would just show up there and just like clowns, you, heckle clowns, you or what? These clowns, let me tell you something. They were, I, I did not know, no, no. They were on social media because they won't show their face, but that's just, you know, me speaking out loud. But I remember I had my Facebook privileges taken away my first week in, in, in news because I answered everyone back and I, I didn't realize you weren't supposed to do that, you know? And uh, my, you know, I am like, trust me, I am not a violent guy in any way. I am like Lionel Richie, easy like Sunday morning. All right. But man, (laughs) let me tell you, these clowns, they really got under my skin. They were like, you know, this guy sucks. He's, you know, he's worse. I really hear dogs get it on, go kill yourself. And I'm like, man, I'm like, are you serious? And then I started answering back and I started putting stuff like, You know you talk a lot of noise in your mom's basement you know (laughs) uh hey haas it don't take that much to change the channel and that's when they got after me and said you know yeah you're not supposed to tell they were like hey you know go talk to your boy some people to change the channel and uh (laughs) i didn't care i just was like i was i was running everyone back like you know hey you know come say that to my face it's called the worst collector you know where i'm at you know i was just so mad oh so upset and i did you ever get that as a comedian though I mean, like hecklers. Oh, and stuff Oh like no, that? I got hecklers, but I can handle hecklers because that's right there. They're they're in my they're in my vicinity. I can handle that, you know. I'll tell them like, look, you know, I ain't, doesn't take much for me to go flatten the tires in your house, you know. I'll, I'll do what I can, <laughs> you know. I mean, you had your to go tos, you know, that you would do, you know. You you can handle a heckler. That's the easy part. But when they're online, like cowards, just hiding behind the keyboard you know, it's like, ah, this guy, you know, you don't know what they look like, you don't even, because you can't make fun of them, you don't know what they, they know what you look like, and they're going to town on you, you're like, oh, this guy's about as fat as, you know, an oblong, and, you know, whatever, but enough about my uncle. Anyway, (laughs) and when this whole thing first started, they just said, here, fly, if they like you, we'll keep you, if not, you're gone, and, you know, I didn't know what to make of it, but people were like, you know, we don't know what to make of this clown, we don't know what he's doing, and, Sure enough, they wind up, um, I, I, I wind up having people that come up to me, and, and and then you become part of their family, you know, you're like, they see you every day, they wake up, and they're like, I got to see where he's at, you know, I got to see. Yeah, him. exactly. And they will come up to me, and they're like, you know, I really start my day. The most awkward thing I ever ran into was, I was at Fiesta, and this guy comes up to me, and he's about 10 sheets to the wind, and he's with his wife, and he goes, Gleto, I just want you to know that you're the only man I let take a shower with my wife. I said, <laughs> sir, uh, this got awkward really quick. Uh, what I do have, you say you know, to that? <laughs> I said, I, I, well, I'll tell you, I told him, I said, wow, this got awkward, sir. I could honestly tell you with all my heart. I have no idea who your wife is. I never been to your house. Uh, he goes, no, 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 no. You're on TV. We got a TV in the shower. Oh, okay. I get it now. Thanks.
0: I guess he was trying
1: to joke there. (laughs) He was trying to be funny. Yeah. I get a lot of that too.
0: Yeah. I remember one time. So my personal experience doing it, and I don't don't expect you to remember this. Obviously you came across a million people, but I used to work downtown. I was driving to work that morning and I think it, it had to be during Fiesta at, at some point at, you know around that time you were at market square doing something i think you were giving away a medal yeah i think you were giving away one of your medals
1: Sounds about right
0: and uh and i remember you know because i would leave a little earlier than my girlfriend and, and like i said we'd watch the show in the morning i'm driving downtown i was talking to her on the phone and she was like hey, hey you drive by market square usually right and i was like yes and she was like coletto's there this morning and i was like really she's like you gotta stop you gotta get a medal and I was like, oh man, I gotta get to work. I gotta get to work. She's like, you gotta get a medal. I was like, okay, you know what? I'm gonna go find him. I'm gonna go find him. So I found a little parking space, ran across the street. I saw that I think you were just wrapping up there, filming, but I saw you and I was like, No, I'm gonna get a medal. So I went up to you and I was just like, Cleto, Cleto, can I get a medal? You're like, yeah. Took a picture with you real quick, got a medal, sent it to my girlfriend. And I was like, I got it. I got the medal. But <laughs> I'm sure you dealt with that all the time.
1: Oh, I mean, you know the strangest part about those medals. When we first started doing the medals, the first year I was there, we had 300 medals. They gave me a bag of 100 for the first Fiesta Fiesta to start out the Fiesta deal. I went past the rope and my camera guy was supposed to record this. They pushed him so far back that I was in the middle of this mosh pit and security had to get me out of there because they were just grabbing at my (laughs) medals. And they wind up buying like another 400 It wasn't until like every year it kept getting more and more and more. The weirdest thing, as far as those medals go, I was at a meeting at Papacitos and I was going to the restroom. Well, this guy walks in right behind me and there's like one stall. I mean, one rest, one, one toilet and then one urinal. Well, I'm in the toilet. I'm in the toilet and he's not. By the urinal, something, and oh, now I got to speed it up because this guy got to use the drone. So, all right. So, next thing you know, I'm there just kind of like trying to rush myself, you know. And out of nowhere, the guy goes, Hey, Kleto, do you have any more medals?
0: <laughs> while you're still, while you're in the, in the door.
1: Yeah, while I'm yeah. sitting on the can. And I'm like, uh, Yeah, I got one more. And I took it off and I just threw it under the, <laughs> underneath the thing. And he goes, Oh, man, thanks. I appreciate it. And took off. He didn't even go to the restroom or anything. He just went for the medal. <laughs> he just wanted that medal. <laughs> I, I said, wow, this is it right here. This is the top of the, the heap. I remember telling my wife about it. I said, yeah, they, they these people love these medals, man. Now, were you still doing
0: uh, a little bit of comedy while you were still at the station?
1: Oh, man, I, I never stopped doing stand-up. Stand-up was my first love. Stand-up was um, I was getting booked on the weekends. And uh, since I got, got the news gig, I wasn't able to go stay, you know, weeks at a time at clubs. So I did a lot of corporate stuff. I did a lot of churches because my act was clean. So I pretty much did a little bit of everything, but I was waking up, let's put it this way. I was waking up right before pandemic. I was probably waking up every day at five o'clock, either to go to the news or to catch a flight, going to my gig or coming from my gig. So yeah, I was constantly... Just still performing, still perfecting and still writing about, you know, I just had my very first comedy special uh, come out on Amazon Prime during the pandemic, which was a big, big thing for me. I say my first one, but it's my first one that's on, a, on a platform that's pretty, pretty well known. Uh, the other one was Dry Bar Comedy. I don't know if you're familiar with Dry Bar Comedy, but yeah, was a, a, I did the fourth season of that in 18, I did that one in 18, right before the pandemic. And uh, so I had these two specials out and about, but uh, yeah, for me, stand up's always gonna be my first love. And I mean, although, you know, getting in front of a camera wasn't too bad either.
0: Well, you've worked with some of the greats though, right? I mean, you know, like George
1: Lopez. I worked with George Lopez. I worked with Carlos Mencia. I worked with Wayne Brady, Gabriel Iglesias, Brett Butler, Mark Curry, Bill Bellamy, I mean, not to mention, you know, some of the other performers and entertainers like Doobie Brothers, I opened up for them. BB uh, King, that was a big one for me. War and Casey and the Sunshine Band, you know, a lot of these other, you know, acts that came through town that I just got a chance to open up for. You know, what's that like practicing? I mean, do uh,
0: you practice in the mirror or what? Like, what? I mean, are you I, writing down uh, your material? Like, how does, like how does in the, general the for a it?
1: gig or just? Uh, yeah, 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 for a gig. Like if I'm going to perform for the big acts, like at the Majestic or something like that, that, I mean, they give you like seven, 10 minutes. So you just pick your very best seven, 10 minutes and you rehearse that pretty much for a few hours. And, and then you just kind of go up there and, and then, and then you don't even do any of it. You end up doing another 10 <laughs> minutes. You're like, what was I rehearsing for? And I have a bad habit of doing that. Oh, because I'll see a lady there with like, I don't know. Feathers on her hair, or whatever. And I'm like, oh man, you know, and I'll make up a peacock reference or whatever. <laughs> and I just go off of that for 10 minutes. And the next thing you know, I'm done. And I'm like, all right, good night. You know, welcome, BB King. You know? <laughs> so, yeah. You know, yeah. I
0: mean, I, I guess the ad libs. I mean, so I love what it. What do you think is more important? Putting the material and practicing that material or like have, having the ability to have the ad libs as well?
1: Oh man, you, you got to have both. I mean, you got to be able to know your act and have an act. Like for instance, I do a lot of clean humor and I know a lot of my friends don't. And I've been there myself. I mean, I started out as a filthy comic and a dirty comic and I grew up with Pryor and Eddie Murphy. And I said, oh man, I want to do that, you know? But then when I got to, uh, I married a beautiful Christian woman. And she ended all that. She was like, forget that. Noise. <laughs> so I wind up uh, doing clean, you know, I actually quit comedy for a while, got myself right with my faith and on. And then I came back and said, you know what? Uh, my wife, I said, you need to go show people what God's doing in your life, you know, and how you getting blessed. And I said, all right, you know, and I wind up, but she goes, but you got to do it his way. You got to do it clean. You can't be doing it all. cochino and all that stuff. Said, all right. So I wind up doing clean and I became a student of stand up again, And I started liking comics like um, uh, Bob Hope and, you know, Red Skelton and Milton Berle and George Burns, all these old comics. And I started, because what you're doing is that you're not finding, you're finding your voice amongst other comics. You know, you're talking about what separated me from other Latino comedians is the fact that I wasn't dirty anymore. You know, I was kind of staying clean and true to myself, but I was talking about life. I was talking about, you know, being late on child support, I was talking about needing a job and, you know, all kinds of stuff. And everyone else was talking about gangs, drugs and sex. That was pretty much it. And I had a little bit of uh, and I got noticed more. You know, when I went to L.A., I got, you know, spotted out like, man, this guy's talking about church. He's talking about his experience at church. And, you know, my first time in church. You ever been in church in a long time? And you go back and then it feel like the service is directed right toward you. Huh? <laughs> I'm like, man, I was in there. I heard words like worthless lazy weak and I'm like uh here I am (laughs) I'm sorry you're not talking to me I'm sorry I thought you're talking to me and I'll I'll sit back down I don't know why I stood up but you know it's just kind of a knee-jerk reaction that turns into stand-up you know it's something that what would I do in this situation you know I studied the greats you know I I love all kinds of humor I love if it's funny and creative like I love Chris Rock I love Dave Chappelle I like Kevin Hart I like Bill Burr I like um gaffigan i mean i mean uh these guys uh, rogan uh, i mean this a little bit of everybody you know i mean everyone has got they got something to say it's just sometimes it depends on the delivery of what you are used to what you like and what you can stand i mean i've had comics that they use the they use the f word like it's the word and you know i'm like wow <laughs> i'm like okay you know it's like what else can you say you know and I applaud those that, you know, I mean, I don't mind a word here or there. That's just, just me. I don't mind the word here or there, but not just all 45 yeah, minutes. It's almost
0: like they make it part of their gig. Yeah. You like...
1: know, it's like, and I trust me, I know how they feel because I've been there. I remember when I first started doing stand-up. if a joke went nowhere, doing it clean, I went straight to, well, blah, 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 blah. blah, blah this part, you know, <laughs> uh, like, I am like, I know how it is. So I can't, you know, I'm not judging them in any way because I've been there myself. So, but now that I've been doing it for so long clean, it just comes natural that, you know, I just want, I just want to be funny. I just want to be funny in all all aspects of the word.
0: Well, speaking of Joe Rogan, because, you know, Joe's like the king of podcasts Absolutely, nowadays. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, you, you know, you, you got your own podcast started, and I know you, you had mentioned that's something that you've been wanting to do for a while. Yeah. Uh, so kind of explain, you know, what's going into that? What are you trying to do with the podcast? Are you having some guests on?
1: You know, we, we actually, um, right now I got nothing but sponsors coming on because, you know, <laughs> I'm like, you know, let me take care of my sponsors. And uh, a lot of stuff's been going on since uh, the Where's left on the News because uh, I actually got a chance to get my own comedy spot over there at Las Chiladas Mexican Restaurant. And I, I love the, the, the whole premise of that is dinner and a show. And I partnered up with this buddy of mine and uh, we're now doing dinner and a show on the uh, at the Las Chiladas Mexican restaurant. But it's called the Cleto Rodriguez comedy and live event stage where we book different kinds of acts. We booked them through uh, the pandemic just to keep them working. Caught a lot of flack for that, but it's okay. I mean, it's all good. But for the most part, you know, now that everything's opening up again, we got more and more people coming out and we're filling in the seats. People are dying to get out again, which I'm very grateful for. But we still, you know, we're still cautious because you never know when this thing might just kick, kick up again. So I started a podcast. You know, my friend uh, made this cool, really cool looking uh, logo, and it's called the Klepto Experience. Well, I didn't know at the time Joe Rogan had the Joe Rogan right, the Joe experience. Rogan Experience. So it's now an homage to uh, Joe Rogan because I'm not losing that logo. It's so good. I <laughs> like it. I was like, it's really cool. So. Uh, I started listening to Joe just to see, you know, I wanted to, like with comedy, you want to learn from the best. You kind of see what they're, what they do. And, you know, Joe, Joe just goes up there and talks. I mean, Joe's really smart. You know, he's not afraid to say what he's, what's on his mind. And, uh, and he works all the angles to, you know, he's not one-sided, which is kind of cool. And well, it depends on what the the subject is, but like everybody else, they got their own opinions. And it's my, uh, my podcast is like, you know, you pretty much, Like yourself, you you have a certain guideline or um, an agenda that you follow. That okay, this is what we're going to kind of do, and like you want to make sure you know you you're bringing some of the voices of San Antonio out and about, and 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 that's really cool too. So for me, it's more. My wife always says, "What's your podcast about?" It's about nothing, you know. (laughs) It's just it's like Seinfeld. (laughs) It's like Seinfeld. Yeah, yeah. It's like it's it's (laughs) about nothing. We're just like having a good time, you know. she was like that is ridiculous. You gotta have some, and my wife is so corporate. She is so, oh my goodness. She comes from that world, you know, of, uh, settings and guidelines and heading, and blah, 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 blah. You know, here I am <laughs> just trying to make something happen and, uh, just have fun with it. You know, it's pretty much, I had, uh, the owner of, uh, Ingram Hills dental, who's one of our sponsors, just ask them questions, you know, not, you know, okay, we'll get all the, what made you want to be a dentist? Okay. Now, do you like long walks in the beach and poetry at Woodland Lake? I don't I want to keep my audience entertained with outlandish questions, you know? It's like, uh, do you like watching uh, Narcos? You know, what I, mean? I mean, it's like, you know, I know you're a doctor, but do you what do you do in your spare time? You know, it's like, do you watch, you know, do you binge watch, you know, Breaking Bad? What is it you do that, you know, or do you who's your favorite comedian? Pedro Rodriguez? Well, whatever, you know what I mean? <laughs> So, you know, and then I had uh, the owner of Pepe's Tacos and Salsa. And, you know, you start, you get some great stories. Like his story, he had his uncle and, no, his dad and his uncles. Kid you not, believe it or not, you got to go listen to this podcast. They, They had the, they were, you remember the, the bobsled team, Cool Runnings, the Jamaican team? I'd heard of them. You remember the movie with John Candy and, They were like, it was like a Disney film. It was a true story about the Jamaican bobsled team and they wind up winning gold, you know, in in the Winter Olympics in Calgary or somewhere. Well, anyway, that year that Jamaica came out with a team, so did Mexico, so did (laughs) And his dad's team was the Mexican team, bobsled team from Mexico. And Disney didn't know which, they were gonna do a movie, but they didn't know whether to do Jamaica or Mexico. So they wind up doing Jamaica and I'm like, man, this is a, we got to make this movie because (laughs) it's like, it's like interesting to me. I mean, it's like, can you imagine four Mexicans just going down to Bob's (laughs) 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 and it just made me laugh. It just kind of cracked me up. And I just said, man, I, I could just see my uncles, you know, one pushing with one hand and holding the Schlitz in the other, I mean, it's just like crazy, you know, but yeah, you get to, so the podcast, you meet different folks. I Also, I just did an interview with um, a buddy of mine I brought from Canada. Leland Clausen just did a show for me at my comedy spot, at my comedy club, um, just Saturday. And he killed it, man. He's from uh, Vancouver, Canada. Came in, flew in, talked about his whole... He's had a hard, hard time getting into the States. And he's like, man, I had such a hard time. I think I might just move here. I mean, it's like, uh, I know, because he was... We're doing our, all the comics before we're talking about certain things. He goes, man, I, all this stuff sounded funny, but I didn't understand any of it. I didn't know what y'all yeah, were talking about. I don't know what Big Red is. What is that? Is that like a disease? <laughs> he thought it was a disease. He thought Big Red was a disease. So I was like, it was Big Red. I don't want to catch that. And uh, so, but yeah, it was it was uh, the podcast. We did one with Leland Clausen. Got to know him. He actually does a couple of films that just came out right before COVID, one called Sleeper Agent that is on Amazon Prime as well as uh, Extraordinary. It's, uh, that one is I believe a Christian film, but it's a true story about a, a runner that uh, he, he's told he can't run any longer because he's now, his cartilage is gone and he's running bone to bone on his knee and he doesn't know how he's gonna do. He's trying to do this, this uh, marathon for, uh, I guess for himself and everyone's telling him not to do it. And it's a really good film. He did a great job in it, so.
0: You know, you bring up a good, a good point when you're talking about podcasting. You know, and it, in my opinion and in my experience, it, it's tough Like when you're starting out a podcast because the way I see it, a, a lot of people try to mirror and model their podcast after Joe Rogan, right? Because that's the podcast they see, that's the podcast that gets all the attention. He's made a ton of money doing it, making a ton of money still. But
1: what's- I've only made $14 on mine so far. <laughs> <laughs> I'm but, I'm on my way.
0: But what people fail to realize is that he had a platform before he got started podcasting. He was doing comedy. You know, he was doing yeah. the UFC thing. When you have a stage already, when you have a platform, when people know you, you can have these outlandish conversations and, and say crazy things and say whatever you want and, and be yourself. I think people fail to realize that when they're starting a podcast, because when you're starting, you have to be somewhat respectable and you have to build up that that respect first. Right. And I think it's it's hard to do that when you just from the get go, you're just saying some crazy things or having, you know, outlandish conversations. It's tough to do that because no one's going to respect you. Yeah. You know, if if you don't have the stage to do it, right? right? If people don't know you already. And I I've seen that a lot. I've seen just kind of very amateur podcasts start out. Not not here in San Antonio. I'm sure there may be some, but just in other places too, just very small-time podcasts, and that's how they started out. Well, no one's going to catch on to it because they don't know who you are. So, hearing you say these crazy things, they're like, "Ah, well, I don't know this person, whatever. I'm not going to listen to this." But That's what I've kind of appreciated over time that I've built this podcast is I've had some great, amazing guests on here. In no means would I say I'm famous, not at all, not close to it, but at least people know, okay, all right, this podcast has been around for a while, all right, I may have been listening to Zach for a while, so now I can have this talk show and I'm not saying crazy things on here, but you know, getting a little more opinionated with it, right, sharing some opinions, um, being a little more comfortable in myself in the conversations I'm having. But I think I can only do that because I've had all these guests. I've built up a little bit of
1: respect first. Yeah, and I, I totally agree. I mean, it's just uh, for me, and I guess that's where I'm coming from. If, if they know, I mean, you see the- Because they know who experience. you are. Yeah, if you know who I am, you got to know that, okay, first off the bat, it's going to be fun. We, we tried doing a serious podcast because how it all started was, I had two friends of mine that were therapists and I had them on there as co-hosts. So it was kind of like, you know, cletho meets therapy, like comedy meets therapy. And pretty much we're going to almost like dissect the comedians, but uh, it was just comedy. It was different people that I was having on there that were going through different issues. Because for me, uh, the whole concept came from Robin Williams um, nobody knew what he was going through. No, a lot of a lot of these people think that every comedian is just happy and go lucky and just, you know, the life of the party. Yeah, we may be, but at the same time, there's something going on that nobody knows about. I, I know some comics that hide behind alcohol. I know, you know, some comics that hide behind, you know, drugs and whatever. And I've seen it and... You know, I, I felt that for myself, being able to, you know, use, like he's, as you platform to be able to say what we can. I became the um, kind of like the mascot, I guess, for uh, the uh, NAMI organization, the National Alliance of Mental Illness. And, um, and, and, and the reason I got into that was because my father deals with uh, uh, bipolarism and schizophrenic. For the longest time, when he got diagnosed with that, you know, we started now seeing the, the outcry from my dad and, and the fact that he was struggling dealing with this and we didn't know what it was. We just thought, man, he's just drunk and he just, you know, he's going off the rails. But no, it's not that at all. I, I you know, I, I learned not to say the word crazy anymore because of the of the content that it holds behind it. And for myself, just being educated on what people deal with that are going through anxiety or, you know, all these different things. You know, one of the things that, that got me was the fact that once I knew what my dad had, it was, it was something that was, what can I do to help him? What can he refuses to take his medicine? Cause he's not only, you know, bipolar, schizophrenic, he's also machismo. You know, he's, <laughs> he's, he's like, oh, no, mijo. I'm not going to do any of that. No, no, no. So, you know, it's kind of hard that on us to deal with that, but you know, we love them so much that we were like, okay dad, let's try to make it happen. But but we were doing this segment with the therapists and it got deep on some situations because we had people that were artists that were dealing with different issues. And you're kind of like, wow, okay. Uh, And it wasn't funny. And for me, that was not fun. And now we're trying to, through the mix, we're gonna try to put, there is gonna be some serious issues that we're gonna talk about someday. But, you know, um, for the most part, we'll start out funny, get serious, and then maybe end on a funny if we can. If not, then we'll just end it there. So, I mean, uh, every podcast, it's like my show. I like every podcast and every show to be different.
0: Yeah, I, I, I can definitely align with that. You brought up your your father. And when it comes to your family, I mentioned earlier, you've been a part of San Antonio your whole life. But there's a couple of namesakes here, here in town, right. With your grandfather.
1: Right. Yeah. He was, uh, my grandfather has a freeway over here named after him on 90, uh, the Cleto Rodriguez freeway. I'm the third and my dad's junior. And my, my father, my grandfather was senior. And he, uh, was a, uh world, uh, world war II hero. He got the congressional medal of honor. He was a congressional medal honor recipient. And he wind up, you know, in the Philippines, him, he started out with his, uh, his comrade that his, his buddy went with him. And uh, his friend got sniped. He stashed his friend, took his, his, his ammo, kept going forward, knocked out a railroad station, knocked out a, their communication station, knocked out all their communication through their supplies. And he burned all that down. And had they not done that, his whole platoon was going to get ambushed. They found out through, uh, through the intel that they had over there what he, what he tore up. That they were going to get uh, ambush at five, four o'clock in the morning, where they were, and he, him, him, and his buddy went out on their own, and they both wind up getting the Congressional Medal of Honor. And it was really neat because my grandfather's friend was a uh, Reese, you know. I, I think he was from Oklahoma, Oklahoma or Ohio, I can't remember which one it was, but he winds up, you know, stashing him. But I think he wind up passing away, but he wind up uh, getting the medal as well. His family got it, so.
0: I, I've I brought this up uh, plenty of times. You being a part of San Antonio and and people here knowing you, um, I'm sure San Antonio plays a huge part in your life. Um, what are some places around town that that you frequent that you
1: love? Oh man, uh, let's start out with Chester's Burgers. I like them. <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, I uh, I like a lot of the mom and pops restaurants. As far as you know, San Antonio. I mean, I mean, you got your you know the Alamo. <laughs> You know, funny story about the Alamo. I did a Where's Gletho there early in the beginning of my TV bit. And um, they did the reenactment of the Alamo, which was a big thing. They said, Gletho, come back at 11, at 10 o'clock, and you can dress up as any character you want. And I said, okay. Well, I had my brother. We're going to meet for breakfast downtown. I said, bro, you want to do something with me real quick? They're going to let me reenact the Alamo. He goes, yeah, that sounds cool. cool. All right, come on. So me and my brother go down there and we're like the first ones there. So we get dressed up and then we're like, let's go get a drink of coffee or something across the street. And they okay. Well, we didn't know we weren't supposed to leave without our without with these clothes on. And and, and we're walking out, and people come from all over just to see this reenactment. Well, we're walking out, these people from like Tennessee or wherever were like go back to your country, get out of here, go back to Mexico. We're like, hey, I'm David Crockett, this is Jim Bowie, we're on your side, clown. I'm like, man, they thought we were the Mexicans from from Santa Ana's crew. I'm like, we're not even in their uniform. We're like, you'll see the little rat tail. I'm like, man, I was like, so that was my experience there with that. That was pretty cool. Nothing like uh, some racists to run into when you get out of the Alamo. Yeah, I, I say that, but they were kidding around because they're like, oh, we thought we were ready to just, I thought that's what we do. And I'm like, oh no, not yet, that's <laughs> 11. Oh, okay, because they gave us these papers. That's what they had papers, and I was like, oh, okay. So anyway, that was uh, my Alamo, Alamo, of course. And then, I don't know, I love, I love hanging out at Mi I, I like that ambiance over there. Reminds of me of my house. We never take down the Christmas lights either. Um, <laughs> trying to think, but now I love the people, the family, the Cortez family. They're so, they're great people over there. Oh, I'm trying to think. Have you one.
0: tried at their new restaurant, the Mi Familia?
1: No, where's that?
0: They just opened it. I don't know if it was last year or the year before. They opened it at the Rim.
1: Oh, wow. Okay, no. Yeah,
0: the Cortez family, they they opened it there. I haven't tried it yet. I'm interested to see if it's, you know, just as good.
1: Yeah, <laughs> Sure it is. Yeah, they, they got some really good food. I was really it's surprised. hard to
0: beat theta though.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's kind of. I mean, my I, I, I love their barbacoa, which, you know, at first, when I first got there, I was like, man, this is going to be like tourist food. No, man, it was the real deal. I don't know who's cooking over there, but they got to keep them. And I had love. it. I fell in love with their menudo. I fell in love with their barracoa and papa. Well, they need to
0: go back to being open 24-7. That's what what I will say. Are they not
1: open 24-7 anymore? Not right now. And
0: I don't know. I mean, I know in the beginning it was a reaction because of COVID. Right. But I don't know if that's something that's going to be continued. I I really don't know, but there's been a number of times recently with things being more open, of course. My girlfriend and I have been downtown and hey, if we're drinking downtown, I mean, that's the place we're going to go eat afterwards yeah. just cuz we're already there. And so we've gotten there, you know, maybe 11:30, midnight, and it's just closed. And I'm like, yeah. you got to be kidding me. Yeah. <laughs> I was like this is what I'm
1: looking forward well, to. Well, let's say we're going to Jack in the Box everybody. Yeah. Uncle exactly. Batman.
0: Yeah, no, but you know, I'm always interested to hear like of some of the hole in the wall places. I don't know if you have any,
1: you know, kind of. Uh, you know what? I, I, I really found some, you know, if you want to know where to go to get some really good food, I could tell you, especially Mexican food. I mean, uh, baracoa wise, the best baracoa I ran into was not even in San Antonio, it was in Seguin, a place called Sucasa. And it's like, I don't know the address, but I can tell you how to get there. You go down and you, where the Taco Bana is, you take you exit there, take a right, come to the first light, take another right, and it's about a half a mile down. And it's to your right-hand side called Sukasa in a little shopping center. And they had some of the best. They had the best baraco I ever had. Not so greasy, not so dry, perfect grease coming right. You know, it was like, <laughs> you know what? That was it right there. The tortillas were flawless. Second best baracoa in town is Mia's Mexican Grill on 1604 in Bandera. Uh, Frank is the owner over there, He and they got the best margaritas. I'm going really? to say hands down. That stuff there is a truth serum, my friend. My wife and I really? were presenting I'm, stuff I'm, to each other. I we even there. Oh, I'm telling you, go try them out. Tell them, ask for Frank, or, or tell them that Cleto sent you. They're one of my sponsors, too. But they—they they, <laughs> they are really—they are so good. I mean, and I love getting sponsors that I can promote easily. The best enchiladas—it's give or take on Reggie's uh, Taco House, Tex Mex Cafe, Reggie's Tex Mex over there on Goliad, and uh, actually his—the location that I like go to is the one on South Presa, and then uh, the other one is Las Chiladas, where I have my comedy spot, twenty-three eighty-seven. Uh, Northwest Military Highway over there by Thirsty Horse Saloon Okay. Uh, in that shopping plaza at the far end. That's where you come see some of my shows. Uh, we have a show there every weekend. Well, speaking of that,
0: yeah, I mean, plug in I and mean, plug in your, your social media, yeah, you what events plug, and shows you got. Yeah, plug it in.
1: You, you go to my website. We should have a lot of majority info there. Um, Also, you can follow me on social media, uh, Facebook. I, I, I have my personal. I'm on my personal most of the time. C-Rod, Uh, Rodriguez is what it is. So, uh, but also Cleto Rodriguez. And then I have still the worst Cletho page. And then, um, my Instagram is Cleto Rodriguez and Cleto Rodriguez comedy. And then Twitter is Cleto Rodriguez. So, yeah, I mean, I'm pretty much on those, which is uh, what takes all day to be on those. And then also I have my, uh, my podcast. You can see it on YouTube, my YouTube channel, Cleto Rodriguez comedy. Um, But, yeah, and then please feel free to come down. We got every – we got uh, performers every weekend, uh, Friday and Saturday. Sometimes we have private shows on Saturday to help nonprofits. Um, But, yeah, we just got a venue there for – if you want to get out, you want some delicious food, their chicken fajitas are the bomb. Their uh, nachos are great. Their enchiladas are great. Now, now, tortillas, there's – Oblate has some really good tortillas, but – Taco Riendo, I'm telling you right now, Taco Riendo on San Pedro is probably got the best of ideas I've had in a while. I'm not trying to think of someone else. I'm going to get all these people mad at me that they that, that, hear this podcast. Menudo uh, would definitely be Mi Tierra. Trying to think of some other. Oh, man. Carne Oh, man, the best carne I like Lupita's over there. They have some good carne But Casa de Rosa on Basi, a little hole in the wall. Man, and they got great meatloaf, too. I'm telling you right now, that is some good stuff right there. I'll go for that meatloaf. And, you know, and and she's a sweet girl, too, the owner, her and her mom. They're really sweet people. Oblate's got some good food, too. Um, Cafe. Burgers? Man, I would have to say Papa's Burgers is pretty good on San Pedro. And then uh, Chester's, of course. I've always liked Chris Madrid's, but now they put too much cheese. I'm over there clogged up for three months. You know, but I love, <laughs> I love their burgers though. I, love, I think they got new owners too now, but.
0: Well, yeah. I'm just glad I'm recording this because I'm going to go back and listen to this. Oh, I'm going to write all these down. No, I'll
1: <laughs> tell you another one too, that has probably the best burgers is uh backyard kitchen in Poteet. These guys had like a food truck came out of nowhere. We did a worst coletal. This guy, uh, Dez has this burger called uh, the sweet and spicy burger. And it's got, like, pineapple in it. And it's got, like, like a, not a habanero sauce, but, like, a I forgot the name of that other hot sauce. It's kind of like a chicharren sauce or whatever. I don't know. It's, it's
0: okay, like, okay. Yeah, yeah, it's got
1: some some kind of sauce in it. Let me tell you something. I told him, look, man, when you start putting food fruit in my food, no, I don't even like it on pizza, all right? I don't like fruit and all that. I said, he goes, trust me, let i taste it. When he told me he was a culinary arts student graduate, I said, okay, let's see. Those guys like to mess with flavors, bro. Zach, I took a bite of that thing. You put a fork in me. I was done. That thing was <laughs> so good. Oh man, I couldn't stop eating it. I was gonna have him make me another one. I said, "Oh, bring on I mean, the the pineapple and the hot sauce." When you take a bite of that, I see, I see again. You, you know, vibe. go check him out. In Impotete. If you ever if you go down there, he's it's gazing in out drive through. Now the best chicken sandwich. Frank's, oh no, Fat Boys, Burgers, and Hot Dogs. Fat F A T T Boys Burgers and Hot Dogs. I think that's what it is. Over there on Vance Jackson. And it's by uh around the corner from or down the street from uh what's that Mexican restaurant on Vance Jackson? On Vance Jackson. It's pretty well known. Go down <laughs> and look that that. And, and I'm not saying not just only delicious. The sucker is huge, Zach. You can't even put two hands, you got to cut it like. Several times before you put it in your mouth, it's huge. I mean, it, it's like, <laughs> it's like on steroids. It's like mad crazy. The I La Fogata
0: it was the place. La Fogata, right. Yes, yeah, La yeah, Fogata. Yeah, around the corner. It was, it was
1: sort of. Go up like you're going toward uh, I ten, and you'll see it. It's like not on Vance Jackson. It's like around the corner from store, some store mm-hmm. that's there. It's around the corner. You can't see, can't miss this Fat boys burgers and dogs. Oh man, the dogs forget if they're like from Coney it's good. Matter of fact, I'll probably go over there today. I mean, I know I'm, I'm going to head over there. That <laughs> I mean, sandwich gonna... is so good. It's so big. But anyway, I don't want to take up all your time for talking about food. I'll be here all day.
0: Well, uh, well definitely in the Amazon special, uh, I'm sorry, the Amazon prime special was, uh, the devil get the heck out of here. Right. I mean, that, Rodriguez. Yeah. On please go
1: watch it, review it. And uh, if you, especially if you like it, please review it. If you don't like it, don't tell anybody. Don't, don't say anything. Don't, <laughs> you know, but yeah, go to. Uh, uh if you could check it out, that'd be perfect. Arthur Rodriguez, Devil Get the Heck Out of Here. It's, uh, it's my, my first comedy special, which is kind of a God thing because I recorded that thing three years ago. And uh, I guess it was, I couldn't get it released because I'm not a big name, you know? Uh, a lot of people are like, who's this guy, you know? So next thing you know, and I guess Amazon, someone there thought it was pretty funny and said, let's take a chance on this guy here. And sure enough, they put it on there and <laughs> here we are. So I'm kind well. of excited.
0: Well, you're a big name here in San Antonio, that's for sure. And Cleto, I appreciate you coming to talk to me on the Essay Talk podcast. I I really do appreciate it. It's kind of a a surreal moment, you know, get to to speak to you. Been watching you on TV. Um, I I know my girlfriend's going to enjoy the podcast when this one gets released. So I I appreciate you taking the time.
1: Well, I've I've been here sitting here, Zach. I don't know if anyone's ever said you look like somebody, but I've been here sitting here looking at you (laughs) the whole time. And I've been I felt like I've been interviewed by one of the Backstreet Boys. You look, you look like the Mexican guy on the Backstreet Boys or Cuban <laughs> or whatever he is. But well, I don't know his name, Louie or Joey, I don't know what his name is, but you look like that guy. That's I, funny. I will
0: I will admit this is this is kind of like an embarrassing thing to admit, but when I was little I did listen to the Backstreet Boys. So, well, you the I I, I just heard them,
1: I just heard them 2 hours ago. I mean, I mean, I get it, you know, I understand. <laughs> I mean, but seriously, I, you you look like the guy, the Mexican one. I was like, oh, this guy What's this guy's that guy's name <laughs> was? what is his name i know I, i'm trying to i'm trying to look it up here not, not joey it's not it's it's like louie or not louie howie is it howie right howie that's it howie, howie. yeah you look like howie no no nah. yeah you look like howie <laughs> put facial hair on howie and you'll look like him. yeah for real i was like that's wow funny. you look just like him that's funny like well, thanks for having me zach i appreciate it man and if you need me again let me know i'd love to do this again
0: of course Cletho, you're always welcome on you have a good one take care yourself bud That's gonna do it for my conversation with Cleta Rodriguez. We're gonna take a quick ad break and I'll be right back with the local recommendation of the week as well as the question of the week. So stay tuned. Hey guys, it's Zach. As some of you may know, I help people plan for retirement. And as your advisor, I can not only show you how money truly works, but put you in control of your money today and in retirement. If you're looking to schedule a financial review, please give me a call at 210-760-0409. Welcome back into Essay Talk. In the third and last segment, we'll be doing a local recommendation as well as my question of the week to leave the listeners with. Before we get to this week's recommendation, I did just want to quickly remind listeners that you can follow the podcast on social media at Network. We're on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook at SAPod network. If you enjoyed the discussion, want to support the podcast, please click on the link in bio on any social media platform, and you can click the support monthly button. I would really appreciate it. But getting back to it this week, I have local Instagram foodie, Essay Lunchador, back
2: with another recommendation. So here he is. Hey there, y'all. It's Essay Lunchador again to bring you the weekly recommendation on the Essay Talk podcast. I know in San Antonio, everyone has their own taco spot, but there is one you need to try if you're a true taco fanatic. The place is called La Generala and you can find them at 1800 Callahan Road next to a tire shop in an open lot next to them. Now, in a place saturated with tacos, why am I recommending this one? Well, to start off, every tortilla there is made fresh to order. They take a chunk of masa, flatten it out, and cook it on the stovetop to be filled by the filling of your choice. They have the regular proteins that we all know, like asada and al pastor, however, They do have something that I highly recommend, which is their chicharrón verde, which are pork rinds that are cooked in a green salsa that really brings out the best flavor out of that pork, as well as their costillas verdes, which is also pork cooked in that green salsa I mentioned before. However, these are just small pieces of ribs that still have the bone on them, but the bone itself gives it such a good flavor, and that's why I highly recommend it. You just take it off before you eat it, and you're all set. Their prices are pretty fair, given how big the tacos are. And I'm not exaggerating it. They are pretty big tacos. Most people will fill up with just two. You can get a regular taco for about $3 or my personal favorite, the queso taco, which is just $4. And it's basically the taco itself with a bunch of cheese in it. That's probably the best bang for your buck and a good introduction to this place. However, if you're really hungry, I recommend you get one of their Pizzadillas, which are big monstrosities that are two of their huge handmade masa tortillas, and it's filled with up to four of the fillings that they offer. You could just get one if you want, but I think to get the best experience, you got to try at least four different things to see what you like best. They're typically open from about 9.30 to about 5.30, Wednesday through Saturday. However, on Wednesdays, they do open sometimes to about 8.30 p.m. That way you have a better time of catching them. But a good practice to do is just check their Instagram, which is at La Generala underscore to see if they have any changes to their schedule. Oh, and I should also add, even though I know a lot of people scoff at the fact that a vegetarian taco, they do carry a traditional Nopales taco, which is just a cactus that's been cut up, seasoned with a myriad of spices. That's really good too, if you're into that type of stuff. You definitely don't want to miss out on the salsas. so make sure you ask for each kind that they have. Also, if you're in a rush, they'll be glad to take your order over the phone at 210-971-1707. If you end up trying this place and you like the recommendation, be sure to check out my page on Instagram at S.A. Lunchador and on TikTok as well. Same thing at S-A-L-N-U-C-H-A-D-O-R to get a look at all my favorite food spots in San Antonio and some surrounding areas.
0: And thank you to S.A. Lunchador for providing this week's recommendation once again. And moving on to the question of the week, when it comes to comedy and stand-up, you know, you heard Kletto talk about how he used to do dirty humor. Um, now he does clean humor. And there's a lot of people who do out in the comedian world, if you will. Um, but what do you prefer? Do you prefer clean humor or do you prefer dirty humor? If you want to answer on Facebook or Instagram, look for Essay Talk. Look for the Essay Talk new episode post and leave your answer on there. Um, leave it below the post. If you want to answer on Twitter, which is my preferred platform, you can reply and use hashtag Essay Talk answers. I am really interested in hearing what you have to say about uh, the comedians and which kind of comedy you prefer. I know when it comes to me, um, I can appreciate clean humor. In fact, some of the clean comedians I listen to, aside from Pleto, is Jerry Seinfeld. Um, I mean, he doesn't do too much aside from his comedians in cars with coffee, but some of his old stand-up work um, and, of course, his TV show, which still comes on TV at night. But a lot of the humor that I prefer is going to be the dirty humor um and and i you know grew up watching dave chappelle and carlos mencia george lopez you know i i even remember my dad would have like the george lopez you know cds that you could listen to his comedy on there um that's what i grew up listening to so that's that's what i was used to and that's the kind of comedy that i like but with that said that is going to wrap up this week's episode of essay talk i want to give a huge texas size thank you to all of the repeat listeners means a lot to me that you keep listening week in and week out. I also want to thank our new listeners for checking out the show for the very first time. If you enjoyed this episode, I would encourage you to check out my other series, Searching for San Antonio. And if you want to help the podcast out, please give a rate and review on Apple Podcasts. Lastly, if you or any business owners you know are looking to advertise with a great local podcast, please reach out to me at Zachary at sapodnetwork.com. Thank you all again. Have a wonderful week. See you again next week and Viva San Antonio.